Um, okay, I'm Amber. My husband, Sven, and I, we've been volunteering here for about four years. Um, we love our little CTK home here. It's just been such a win for our hearts. Um, today, we're going to talk about rocks. Um, I don't know if you got a rock when you came in. Um, my daughter heard that I was going to be talking about rocks today, so she pulled her brother in, and they went down to Lake Whatcom, and they pulled a bunch of rocks out of the water, and we washed them with some soap last night. And so you all get to take home a rock today with you as your little souvenir from our conversation. Um, our family, we started collecting rocks um, when we moved here to Sudden Valley. I think it was such a magical time for our family. We just loved the, the nature in this area, going for walks, standing down by the lake, or going to the beach. We would just kind of pick up our little souvenir rocks. And so we've actually got quite a collection of rocks in our household. They're displayed throughout the house if you come over. Um, I think it's gotten bigger and bigger, um, and we just keep adding more to it. And I think, as with all things in life, there will come a point where we need to go through the rocks and say, probably enough is enough, and we're going to need to take some of those rocks and decide which ones we keep and which ones we toss back out to the water. Um, it's funny how, in life, sometimes it's actually really hard to let go of things. Um, you know, these rocks, they somehow represent um, some of our family's most restful and magical moments um, in kind of being in this area, in nature, at the water's edge. And um, for me, I guess, and if, if I was to let go of some of those rocks, the act of doing so, um, it kind of, for me, feels like, oh, I'm letting go of something special. It's almost as if, like, symbolically, I'd be letting go of a memory. But the truth is that the memory from those moments stays in my heart, regardless of if I have the physical evidence of it. The act of tossing a rock back into the water, I think it's... Um, it's so special. There's such a cool thing that happens. Um, I think, as I thought about it this week, I thought, you know, the act of tossing a rock back into the water, it's kind of like giving back to God what was his to begin with. Um, and as the, the sea swallows up my rock and my heart gets this opportunity to say, thank you. Thank you for that rock. Thank you for that memory. Thank you for that story in my life. It taught me so much, and now my heart will hold on to what you gave me, and in return, God, as I give that back to you, I also get to give to you my gratitude and my praise, and I think that's a really cool thing that we could do maybe a little bit more often in our lives. Um, that small stone that gets thrown back into God's sea, I think that as it gets swallowed up and it kind of disappears back into God's sea, that action of releasing it, the water gets to have this impact. And that impact, when the rock hits the water, produces what we call the ripple effect. Those little small circular movements of water that expand out, um, they get to influence and impact the waters that are beyond. I think it takes great courage to release something that we might, um, we might know needs to get gently and gratefully tossed back to God. I think that this letting go of what we have plenty of, um, you know, it, to make room in our lives and our hearts for, um, for God to give us maybe something more, for us to experience maybe more de deeply God's beautiful next in our life. And when we get to see God's beautiful next in our lives, I think we realize that, that that thing that we gave back, that rock that we tossed back to God, that maybe it was super beautiful and special in one way, but it's not even as amazing and abundant of what he has to give us back. This pebble toss to sea concept that I want to honor today, um, I would describe it, I would summarize it kind of like this. It's the act of trusting that the smallest gift we toss back to God will be transformed by God into the most mighty and outlasting abundance for our life and the lives of many others. 
That small thing that we give back to God, that act, it comes back to us and it multiplies with abundance of goodness from God. Jesus teaches the disciples in Matthew 17, 20, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I think mustard seed faith is something that I really need a lot more of, especially as we go into the holidays. Um, we're in this series of kind of trying to be healthy for the holidays. And, you know, every year as autumn approaches and the leaves change their color and Halloween passes us by, and then we're staring into the face of Thanksgiving, and then Christmas, and then New Year's. And I don't know what your families are like, but for whatever reason, everyone made babies at the same time in our family. And so we have five birthdays that hit right in the same time frame of the holidays. And so it is beautiful and exciting, but it is crazy and hectic as well. I'll find myself all giddy and anticipating one day, and then the next day, I'm just so stressed out. I'm so overwhelmed at all the things that need to get done. Um, I'm a full-time working mama, and so on my working days, I wake up early in the morning when it's dark out, and my kids are sleeping, and I come home late at night when it's dark out again. I'm sure many of you can relate to that feeling. You come home, you get that 7 p.m. dinner, and you're like, oh my gosh, I got just a couple hours left with the kids. I just really need to soak my bones in that bathtub, but I need to be here. I need to be present. And so there's a lot of coming and going with, with trying to balance that out. We also made a move this year. We, moved, we live in Tacoma most of the time. We're in Bellingham part-time. We still have our house here, but we have a little apartment out um, in the Tacoma area as well. Um, and, you know, we got all of these moving parts. And my, my passion, my hope is to make the holidays beautiful and special and magical for the family. Um, but honestly, I feel kind of overwhelmed, a little overstrained. It's kind of hard to figure out how to put all the moving parts together. Um, my body is, you know, one day I'll be, I'll be just focused on, like, all the aches and pains in my body. I don't know what it is. Every year of my life I get, like, wimpier. But at the same time, as I'm thinking about how much pain I have and how I'm going to fix those problems in my body, I'm also thinking about, I need to schedule that sledding trip. We definitely need to get some snowboarding in this year. I need to figure out, I don't even know if I have skis anymore. Did I, where did I put those in the move? I get stressed out about how to afford holiday travel and all of the presents and all of the meals and, um, oh, yeah, I've got to get the ship covered too and you're trying to budget everything out and then in the very next moment I'm on Amazon I'm like forget the budget and I'm just click 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 add 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 into my cart my cart's ginormous let's order now done that thing's taken care of it's just craziness what we try to kind of balance out trying to plan out with our family we're doing this right now we're kind of texting back and forth who's going to show up to what holiday event when and we're texting about who's going to make what recipes who's going to cover the food um, you know we're trying to get all those memory moments in like who's going to make the pies what kind of pie do we want the baking of the cookies are we going to get a christmas tree this year are we going to put lights up this year i have two places i have two homes now am i going to decorate both of my houses i don't know that seems a little crazy and then what about work well i work with like 20 people do i go and I buy presents for every single person that I work with? Do I get them all a little, I make them all some goodies? And speaking of making gifts, every year I usually make gifts. Our, our kids make presents for people. We like homemade things because that's more special than just buying something. When am I going to find the time to make that stuff with the kids? And what, am, what do I need to be able to make those things? I'll put a list together. I don't know if I have time to put a list together, and I don't think I have time to go shopping, but Sven has time to go shopping. I'll give you the list to go do that shopping. So it's all of these things that you kind of put together, and then as I'm thinking about all of these little to-dos and tasks, then this, this very important thought comes into my mind, and that is, what about my hair? <laughs> 
haven't waxed my upper lip in a few months. I think I got a long chin here right near that, here that needs plucked. Then can you help me pluck that? And I don't have my winter tones yet. I need some winter tone color in my hair. So on and on it goes. This is the crazy mental brain that I have. I hope I'm not alone. I hope I'm not the only person that feels totally discombobulated. But this is what you think about when you're a parent and you want to make the, the season you know, special and exciting, exciting for your family. Um, you know, but when it comes to the expectations that I put on myself, I would say there's probably a few rocks that I need to go through and figure out oh, maybe this one's the special one that I hold on to, but maybe this, is, maybe this is one of those things I don't need to do this year. I need to go and do a little bit of weeding. It's as if at times that I believe that the holidays won't be special if I let go of a single family tradition. There's this Swedish term which represents um, living a balanced life. I, I think you say it like this. I think you call it lagom, L-A-G-O-M, lagom. I could be wrong. Um, but it means not too little, not too much, just enough. And my spirit is so pulled to this concept of lagom, probably because I am horrible at just enough in my life. I tend to err on the side of trying to do everything. Um, it's as if I think that the more I do, the better our life will be, but really I just sort of burn out and I dread the entire process. I think we do things like this, though, because we haven't honed in on what just enough is for our life. We either can disconnect through the holidays, we just coast through, which would be that too little, or we can overdo and just kind of try to go, 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 which is the too much. Or we can figure out kind of what that balance is, figure out what just enough is. And so one question I have for all of us today is, so what is just enough for you, for your family, for, for your heart this season? What's not too little, not too much, but just enough? And more importantly, where is Jesus in all of this? Where is Jesus in the just enough for, for the for you and the lives that you influence this year. I'm always reevaluating and rethinking this every year of my life, and the more I pray on it, the more I realize what I'm really trying to do is to recenter myself to discover what I consider to be my sacred. What do I hold as sacred? Um, what in my life will, will outlast and override all the other things um, that are in my life? And I think if I can navigate that, it helps. And this requires that we listen to our hearts to, to determine what is sacred. There's this um, popular fiction book titled The Alchemist. I haven't read it in a while, and I came across this quote this week, and I'm like, I want to go back and read that book. I love that book. The book, it tells a magical story about a shepherd boy who decides to travel the world in search of treasure. And along the way, he gains wisdom and he gains this um, life lessons. But there's a quote in the story and it says, you will never be able to escape from your heart. So it is better to listen to what it has to say. And I think that's a beautiful truth for us. Instead of trying to do it all, what if we listen to our hearts and we asked God this question? God, what are the gifts that you have given to me that I should hold sacred in this season? And what gifts should I return to you? I asked my 10-year-old son, Tenzin, um, this question. I said, if you could only keep three traditions that we do at Christmas time, what would they be? Um, Tenzin, he hates questions like this. He hates it if I ask what his favorite thing is. He hates picking one thing over the other. So his very clever mind replied by saying this. I would choose everything that we do as a family. I would choose everything that involves snow, and I would choose everything that involves food. So Tenzin would choose to keep everything. 
Tenzin is what I call a keeper. He's very much a keeper. He holds all things as sacred because everything is sentimental and special to him. This last year, we visited um, his grandparents in Kansas City. Um, and when we got back from the trip, I was unpacking Tenzin's luggage, and I found like five or six like empty, um, used, disposable plastic water bottles. You know, like those Aquafina water bottles, all kind of crushed and just stuffed in his suitcase, like hidden under things, so I didn't know that they were there. So I'm helping him unpack, and I'm like, dude, like, why do you have all this? And I'm trying to carry all of these over the trash can and throw them away, and he jumps in front of me, and he says, no, those are my souvenirs from the trip. And I'm trying to think in my mind, like, why would these be important to you? And I remembered he, when he visited, him and Grandpa, Grandpa Pappy, they had a challenge to see who could drink the most water bottles in one day. So Tenzin didn't use these words, but it was as if for him those water bottles were sacred. But, you know, my mama heart, we knew, I knew that what was really sacred to him was the incredible time that he had with Grandpa Pappy and Grandma Nana. He desired to keep the water bottles, but the desire underneath that desire was to hold on to the memory of spending time with the people that he loved and who loved him. And I think that's why sometimes the holidays end up kicking us in the shins because we have this desire to hold on to kind of every tradition um, that can beat us to the ground financially and emotionally. But we do it because underneath that desire is this desire to hold on to the gifts of the heart, the good gifts that God gives us. Um, but I'm not sure if getting kicked in the shins or punched in the gut or punched in the wallet is maybe the best way to live our lives. Um, you know, we're created with limits, and I think it's super important to embrace those limits. Our limits can actually be a gift from God um, in themselves. Our physical bodies can only go, 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 go for so long. Stress and anxiety can only be endured for so long. We have limits on how much we can work. We have limits on how much sleep we can afford to lose. We have limits on how much time we have. We have limits on how we can use that time. We have limits on how much money we have and how to use that. We are created with limits in our personality and our temperament. I'm, I'm an introvert, and if I don't get a certain amount of quiet space, I am not a nice person to be around. I have limits on how social I can be. So God limits us, um, you know, so that we can have health, so that we can experience well-being and balance and, and rest. Um, and I also think we have these, this beautiful gift of limits so that we can acknowledge what we're capable of doing and what is not ours to do. It's for God to do. If we approach the holidays with dread in our heart because we can barely survive the responsibilities that maybe we put on ourselves or maybe other people put on us, um, well, then maybe it's time to order some Thai food from our favorite restaurant um, and have a floor picnic. Instead of losing two days of rest putting together a ginormous meal that gets consumed in 15 minutes by its recipients. I stopped making Thanksgiving meal a few years ago. Um, I decided a few years ago that I just wasn't going to do it. I was really tired and I said, I'm not going to do it. And so we that year and for several years now have started to make it a new tradition that instead of cooking for a couple of days, what we do is we call in an order of food from India. So when I think of Thanksgiving now, I think of chicken tikka masala and alu gobi. I love some dal sag and some garlic naan. Um, but what I choose to do on Thanksgiving is I choose 
to rest, and I choose to sit on my butt. I choose to spend time with my kids. Um, my son, the keeper, he's very disappointed in this decision. I have definitely disappointed him. He loves mashed potatoes and he loves turkey. And I've had to have that conversation. I've had to come to terms as a parent with being okay with disappointing him because for me, I had to hold sacred the rock of my time with him. I wanted him to have a mom who was sane and who could be present and who enjoyed herself and enjoyed being around my family um, over meat and potatoes. That was the rock I was willing to give back to God. I wanted to cherish the rock of rest with God. And so maybe it's time to throw some rocks into the sea and see what lasting ripples of rest and breath and life we receive in return. We can't do it all, and we were never designed to do so. This is a, a, a quote that I really love from Brene Brown. She is a, an amazing um, giver of words. It says, courage has a ripple effect. Every time we choose courage, we make everyone around us a little better and the world a little braver, and our world could stand to be a little kinder and a little braver. And I just think that's so, so true. Our courage, it matters. In a culture where less is more doesn't really exist, um, and more is more is the norm, I think our courage to embrace our limits, to edit our lives, and to prioritize God and family and sacred time, I think it, others look at that and they're drawn in because I think overall our souls, our spirits crave that sacred space, that, that sacred time. We are designed to be with Papa God. We've been talking about trusting God with all of these little pieces in our lives, all these little gifts, all of these little stones. What if we trusted God with every bit of ourselves? What if we ourselves are the stones and we surrender our whole lives to God? We're stones and we can trust God to do something good with our lives. Ephesians um, 2, 19 through 22. I love kind of, I was trying to pick which translation of this I, I liked, and I was like, I like them all. It was, it's just one of those where you could go through and read every different translation and really enjoy it. Um, I'm going to read the Passion Translation. Sven's parents got me into the Passion Translation this year, and I've, I've just really enjoyed some of the, the variations in the wording there. Um, but it says, So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones. With all the rights as family members of the household of God, you are rising like perfectly fitted stones of the temple. Your lives have been built together upon the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets, and best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up, completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Our lives built on Jesus looks a whole lot different when, um, than a life built on other people's priorities and other people's expectations, other people's standards. We have a safe place to cast our concerns and our anxieties and our pain. And, you know, Jesus says, come, come to me if you are weary or you are burdened. And I imagine some of us need to remember this because our pain might be holding us back from living our life to the fullest. We all have these defenses that come up when we have pain. We can deny pain. Um, we can deny all the emotions that go with pain. 
We can minimize our pain, um, making it less than it really is. I think that's very normal in our culture to just act like it's no big deal and just to kind of ignore it. We might blame others. We might hold our finger towards other people when not really taking ownership of what we ourselves need to face. We distract ourselves from pain through the use of humor, through the use of um, changing the subject or maybe just watching a movie. And at times, we'll avoid pain by becoming hostile and angry, irritable. We can do things like give the silent treatment or be passive aggressive. Um, we can undermine and verbally attack others around us. Um, but truthfully, it's all this dance to try to avoid what the real issue at hand is, which is that our hearts are hurting. Emotionally healthy spirituality, it requires authenticity with God so that we can love others instead of harming others. And I would add to that to just also just love ourselves. When we avoid facing pain, we develop an inner anger that it just really needs to be given to God. It was designed to be given to God. Psalm 6, 6 through 8 is a great moment of just this description of extreme anguish um, that the psalmist is experiencing. And it says, I'm worn out with my weeping and groaning. Night after night, I soak my pillow with tears and flood my bed with weeping. My eyes of faith won't focus anymore, for sorrows fill my heart. There are so many enemies who come against me. This psalmist is crying out to God. God designed us to be real with him. We are physically, chemically, emotionally, spiritually created to release the stones that are in our heart that suffocate our lives and give them over to God. Two-thirds of the book of Psalms is about lamenting, crying out to God, releasing pain, throwing our anger to him, and allowing our soul to mourn, to weep, to release. Emotions are made to drive us towards God, not to have us hide away from God. God, this is a question I think we have to ask, especially before we go into the holiday season, especially before we come together with all family. Family has this beautiful way of sometimes lifting us up and other times just really getting at some of those little areas of our heart that we really wrestle the most with. So this question I think is really critical right now, which is, God, where in my life am I avoiding pain? Where in my life am I avoiding pain? And then walk through that. Walk through that with him. Uh, I'm, a, I'm in healthcare. I'm a dentist that specializes in, in root canals. So when I go to work, I do root canals all day long. Um, I know, you really want to come hang out with me. Um, I see people at their worst, though. When you have a toothache, if you've had a toothache at its worst, there's some teeth that don't cause as much pain, but the worst-case scenario is very painful. Um, so many patients come to me, and they are hurting, and that hurt brings them to this place of being grumpy, sometimes mean, sometimes rude and miserable. They're very unhappy. Um, they come to me, and then I somehow have to convince them to um, open wide and let me stick this big needle in your mouth. So, you know, that's just a little glimpse into what my everyday life looks like. Um, but at the end of a very long day recently, I, you know, I was just tanked. I had taken care of just patient after patient, um, as all people in healthcare right now. It's a crazy world if you're in healthcare right now. Um, I was pretty tired, I was pretty weary, I was ready to go home, and I had this one emergency patient left. This was the last thing that was between, you know, she was the last thing between me and my time with my kids, between me and that nice, long, warm bath that my body needed. But I went out to meet her, and um, she was a bit short with me, as many patients can be when they're hurting. Um, but eventually, we, we kind of got things figured out, and she allowed me to get her numb, and so I wanted to try to help get her pain to go away. And about 30 seconds after I 
got her numb and that medication started to calm her nervous system, she just started crying. She just weeped and weeped and weeped. And once she composed herself, she said to me, you know, I'm a therapist and I just realized how little I take care of myself. I've been in so much, so much pain and I've just avoided my pain to push through it and push through it. And I didn't realize until just now how horrible I've been to myself. She proceeded to tell me a long story about how hard the last year of her life was of all of the things that she and her family have been trying to go through. I only got a glimpse of her story, but I also got a glimpse of what was next for her. She said, um, kind of after she finished her story, she says, I won't do this to myself anymore. And I realized in that moment that um, it was really clear that she had figured out what her sacred was. She had a clarity on what would stay in her life and what needed to go in order for her, her heart to live to the fullest. Now, all I did that day was show up. All I did was stick a needle in the lady's mouth and be really nice to her. Um, you know, I gave a mustard seed, but God moved a mountain in this woman's life. God allowed me to see a few of the ripples of my life as I got to experience what she walked through. Mother Teresa, again, someone who says a lot, has said a lot of very amazing things and done a lot of amazing things. This is a quote from Mother Teresa. I alone cannot change the worlds, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. When I think about the ripples of Mother Teresa, I don't really think about them as ripples. I kind of think that that woman created some class five rapids that were pretty magnificent. Um, but I guess that's the point, right? She tossed her stones out into the water the way she best knew how. And to her, these were just her small efforts, what she knew she could do. But her faith was multiplied, and God moved mountains for the world. Our lives are not just a drop in the bucket. Our lives are a mighty wave in God's sea. The world really needs us right now. Um, our workplaces desperately need us right now. Our community desperately needs us right now. Our families desperately need us right now. You know, we are, we are needed right now because the entire world craves a love that only Jesus can provide and probably craves it more than maybe ever before in history. Matthew 25, 35 through 40 in the message um, translation says this. Then the king will say to those on his right, Enter you who are blessed by the Father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation, and here's why. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was homeless, and you gave me a room. I was shivering, and you gave me clothes. I was sick, and you stopped to visit. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison or come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. I don't know how to be obedient to this scripture if I hide. If I hide maybe in my house, if I hide in my life, you know, it was, oh my goodness, these last you know, 18 months or more have been so stressful with COVID and the sickness that's in our planet. Um, you know, we need to be wise and we need to make smart decisions for safety and I don't, want to, um, I don't want to minimize that. But truly the only safe place we have in this life is in the arms of Papa God. Jesus has, has placed this light in each one of us to share. He kind of gave us each this really beautiful candle. 
And when we leave our hiding and we share his hope, that little small flicker of faith turns into a lighthouse for others. That's what God does. He takes a flicker and turns it into a lighthouse. Jesus says, take your candle and hold it high. This scripture I'm going to read, and I think I, I think I read this scripture every time I'm on this stage, and I'm so sorry, but I love this scripture. It's my favorite. Um, actually, I have another favorite, too, but it's one of my favorites. But Matthew 5, 14 through 16 in the message, it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. He's going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I think this last um, 18 months has been a real reality of how short life here on earth is. Um, I don't know what each person um, who's listening today has experienced, but I know over just a short several months, I've lost four people in my life. Three of them were really very young and way too young, in my opinion, to pass away. And while I wrestle with God on why pain and sadness and illness get to be stolen away, um, why our loved ones get to be stolen away from us, you know, I, I go through this process where I lament and I mourn with God, but I really have this, this uh, I don't know, this aha where I'm in awe at how beautiful that this gift on life, on this gift here on earth really is, on how much of a gift this life is. And it's easy to say that, like, oh yeah, we need to really like not take this life for granted, but when you start losing people that you love and you care about and you know what their families are experiencing and you acknowledge that person is not that much older than me or that person was actually younger than me, you acknowledge maybe what you're taking for granted and what needs to be so much more special and important. I think the way we love matters, and I think the way that we spend our days, it matters. So I do encourage us to say, to go to God and maybe ask this question, God, what are the gifts that you've given me that I'm hiding? Do you want me to share them with the world? He gave you a candle. He gave me a candle. Are we shining those lights? Are we allowing for those flickers to be shared? We can stay in hiding and we can hold our stones. We can hold these stones and, um, you know, we can kind of stay where we are and just stay content. Um, but I also think there's something to stepping out to the sea and tossing what was never ours to begin with back out to God in order for there to be this lasting impact for God's kingdom. Eternity is just around the corner. Um, let's make a lot of waves in this life while we're here. Like, and, and maybe our waves, they will end up being so beautiful and so powerful that they can push a, light boat, a lifeboat to someone who is drowning in burden. Maybe they're drowning in burden and all they need is that lifeboat in order to be able to get to this posture of being able to look up and see the lighthouse that is Jesus in their lives. I was going to invite the band to come on up. I think I'm ready to enter us into a little prayer time. 
When you came in today, my hope is that you were given a rock, and you may not have it, so if you don't have a rock in your hand, that's okay. You can pretend. There's a little pink basket in the back of the room, and you're welcome to go grab a rock on your way out. I think even more special, go for a walk today, or maybe look around and just see if there's a little rock that jumps out to you that you can hold on to. But I really want to highlight the, the concept of, of this, this rock as being representative of maybe some of the things that we touched on this morning. Um, so just ask that as you, as you either symbolically hold that rock in your hand because you didn't get one, or you actually hold that rock in your hand as you hold it, just ask that you just bow your hearts as we close in prayer. Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your love over us. And Jesus, tonight, or today, we just want to highlight, Jesus, the gifts that you've given us. As we hold this rock in our hand, would you just remind every person that you have given us so much of an abundance already. And Jesus, we're so grateful and thankful for what you've given us. Remind us of those gifts. Remind us of your goodness. Remind us, Lord, that there's actually even more as well. And as we hold these gifts, Lord, maybe this rock for, for some of us, um, maybe this week it's a reminder um, that we need to look at the gifts that are in our lives, and we actually, Jesus, we might need to cherish a few things a little bit more. Maybe we're not cherishing something that we're supposed to cherish and hold sacred the way you've asked us to. Would you help us to highlight those things in our lives that you really want us to cherish and hold sacred? And maybe for some of us, this rock needs to go on a little walk with us, and we need to travel over to the edge of Lake Whatcom, or maybe to the bay at Boulevard Park. And maybe, God, you want us to release this rock back to you. And symbolically, God, maybe the release of this rock this week, it represents something in our hearts, Lord, that you are saying, you know what, I did give you that gift, but I want you to give it back. I want you to give it back because I actually have something better for you right now. And if that's any of us, I, Lord, I pray that you would highlight what that is that you're asking us to release. And maybe for some of us, this rock's a reminder that our heart is holding on to pain. That there is a really deep hurt in us, Lord, that we really are hiding or stuffing or avoiding. And God, would you allow for us to really go to you with that pain? Would you help us to see where you are going to be the mighty healer in our lives and in our hearts? And lastly, Jesus, I just think that maybe for some of us, this rock might be a reminder that you've given us special gifts to share with this world. That you've given us something that we've sort of been hiding and that we forgot maybe, or maybe we've been a little intimidated to take these gifts that you've given us and share them with others. And so, God, whichever it is this week, whatever those, those important highlights are, Lord, I just ask that you would be in it with us, that you would guide our hearts, and that you would help for us, Lord, to move forward in the, the best ways that you guide us. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. And I just thank you for every single one of us, Lord, that you have placed on our lives this opportunity to really see um, this ripple effect, Lord, of your goodness over and over, that the gifts get bigger with every ripple circle, and that the goodness that we can share with others gets more amazing in ways that we can't even see, because it's all up to you, Lord. All of these things we pray in your name, Jesus. Thank you for this beautiful morning.